Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA.
when it became necessary, at the age of 30, the Bible said that he offered himself, Luke chapter 3, he offered himself to be baptized. And after he was baptized, the Bible says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to fast and to pray. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the Spirit of God inspires you to fast and pray. If you are a Christian and you can't fast and pray and have no desire to fast and pray, we have to question the kind of Holy Spirit you receive. Because the real Holy Spirit we receive, He will move you into prayer. He will move you into fasting. The Bible says after Jesus had been baptized in water, the Bible said when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of God descended like a dove upon him. And then the next scripture tells us that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to fast and to pray. And after he had engaged in fasting and prayer, the Bible said for 40 days and 40 nights, he prayed under the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is that the Spirit of God inspires us to fast and to pray and to engage in hours of prayer because when we engage in hours of prayer, we receive power. The power of God wraps over us and we are able to act on earth as if God is on earth. Hallelujah. You execute kingdom authority with the power of God because that's how the power of the church is switched on. We've been looking at the church and we've studied the power of the church. We said it's prayer. So Jesus engaged in prayer for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible said the result of that is in verse 14 of Luke chapter 4. If you read Luke chapter 4 verse 1, it tells us that this Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to pray. And then after he had prayed and fasted, Satan came to tempt him. After he had overcome Satan, the Bible says in verse 14, Jesus returned. In the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1 of the same place. Verse 1. Take us to verse 1 quickly. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan where he had been baptized in water. And when he was coming up out of the water, the Bible says the Spirit of God came upon him. Even God is sending us as, as a message that you can't do his work without being filled by the Holy Spirit. Even his own son was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit. Anytime you read the Bible, you see the Spirit. There are always two ways the Spirit is written or Spirit is written about. Either it's written as Holy Spirit or Spirit with the capital S. It was led by the Spirit. May you be filled by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. Hallelujah. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days and 40 nights. Now let's jump quickly to verse 14. And so the Bible says Jesus then returned in the power of the Spirit. There are two things. He was filled with the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. He returned in the power of the Spirit. May you walk in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. But the power of the Spirit was generated from prayer and fasting. Are you following the trend? So, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Why the power of the Spirit? Because the power was generated from the place of fasting and prayer. 
May you pray in Jesus' name and carry the power of God in Jesus' name. And the Bible says that, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues and people were surprised. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Where was he brought up? So it's not India. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. Nazareth, where he has been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the Bible says in verse 417, and it was given to him by the attendant, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, verse 18, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. There are some things that happen when the spirit of God is upon us. Jesus indicated that the spirit of the Lord is upon him and these are the side effects of the spirit of the Lord upon a person, including Christ himself. He said, number one, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The first assignment of the advent of the Holy Spirit upon the believer and upon the church is to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. To preach the gospel to the poor. Number two, he says, he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Three, to preach deliverance to the captives. Four, recovery of sight to the blind. And five, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Hallelujah. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus shows us here five things that happens when we receive the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God is upon us, when we walk in the power of the Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes upon us to preach the gospel to the poor. It fits into the narrative of the total purpose of God for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Remember in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says that after Jesus had risen from the dead, and then he was talking to his disciples before he left, his disciples asked him, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Then he said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has put into his, into his power, that the Father has arranged for himself, and that, that is only with the precept of the Father. Then he says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come, and you shall be my witnesses. Now Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 4 that he had returned in power and he has been anointed. The word to anoint means to empower. Hallelujah. Amen. To anoint is anointed. What does it mean? It means that he is carrying power. Anointing is the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you alive in this church? Glory be to Jesus. So when we receive the anointing of the Lord, the power of the Lord, it is to cause us to be witnesses. It causes us to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, that does not suggest that the gospel is for poor people. It is to preach the gospel, the good news, to those who are spiritually poor. They are empty. They don't have the word. They are not saved. And so we carry the good news of the riches of the kingdom to them. 
So we have been called to preach the gospel to the spiritually poor, those who are unsaved. We have been called to preach the gospel to them. And everyone who is hearing the sound of my voice, and you are a Christian, you have an assignment to preach the gospel to the poor. The Holy Spirit comes upon your life for this main purpose. This is the main work. The main work of the Holy Spirit is preaching the gospel. The Spirit of God is the spirit of missions. That everyone must aim at sharing the faith with someone who is not saved. And we do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says that he, he said to them, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Everywhere the spirit of God is in operation, there must be the preaching of the gospel. There must be the preaching of the good news. And the good news is that Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus rose again from the dead for the forgiveness of sins of people so that through him we will be saved. Because there's a coming judgment. There is a coming day where God will judge the whole world by that man who he raised from the dead. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and after death there will be judgment. And in order to escape the eternal destruction that is to come, the eternal condemnation of humans who have not accepted God and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to escape it, you need to be saved. You need to have a connection with Christ. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God comes upon us for this purpose. Now, if God could invest His Spirit in us, for this purpose, it tells you how valuable the human soul is to God. We just can't be Christians, just come to church and go and warm the pews and be happy, say I'm born again. Somebody must be saved after you are saved. Amen. And you must be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work that work in you. It is the main work of the Holy Spirit. As, as I've said throughout this church and on many, many occasions and in my book, being filled with the Holy Spirit to speak in different kinds of tongues is good, but that is not the main thing. Hallelujah. The main thing is preaching the gospel to someone to be saved. You must be determined to get someone to know the Lord Jesus. Inviting someone to church is one step. You must get to the level where you engage someone in the word of God until the person gives their lives to Christ. And it is a function of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To preach the gospel to the poor. Receive the anointing to preach the gospel. I said receive the anointing to, re to preach the gospel. Lift up your right hand in the name of Jesus and declare, Father, this morning, by the power of your word, let there be a release in my spirit to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. I refuse to be a nominal Christian. I refuse to just come to church and not preach the gospel. From this morning, let there be a revolution in my spirit by the word of God. In Jesus' name, Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Jesus said the spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So when the spirit of God comes upon us, the spirit of God 
who will employ you to be a soldier of the Lord, to witness to people. May it be that the people you know, who are your friends, who are your family members, may they get to know that they need to be born. They need to be saved. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be diplomatic about it. This is life and death. It's life and death. We can be nice to people. But when it comes to life and death, we must not be nice. We must be fair. We must be truthful. Truth hurts. And truth is sometimes uncomfortable. But Jesus is the truth. He is the way. And he is the truth. And when we die, that is not the end. We will meet this God. If Jesus truly came to die, why do you think God allowed his own son to die on the cross? For fun? No, there is a coming judgment. I said there is a coming judgment. And because of that coming judgment, we are to warn others to escape. If they are our friends and we really love them and there is fire somewhere and we want to escape and we see the fire and we are escaping, why are we still keeping them there and laughing with them and smiling with them and say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's not my boss to come to our church. It doesn't matter. It just, really? And you know in your heart from the scriptures you have read, from the Bible you have read, that that person, that friend of yours, that family member of yours is actually lost. He's dead. As I've always said, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And the Spirit of God lives in your heart. And you have been born again. One day, when doctors declare you clinically dead, you are asleep. But when you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, and one day that time comes, and doctors declare you clinically dead, you are dead. Because eternally, you are dead. Physically, you are dead. And eternally, you are also dead. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. That means whosoever will not believe in him will perish and will have everlasting death. That is the meaning of the scripture. And the Bible says in the next verse that God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. That the world through him might be saved. That's why it is faith. You can put all the logic and argue, but you can't subject the ways of God to human reasoning and logic. Hallelujah. God may not make sense, but it doesn't mean he does not exist. And that's why we need the Spirit of God to help us to communicate this message to everybody. And everyone that is filled with the Spirit of God, make sure that you're also living your life in line with the Word of God because this day is coming. Glory be to Jesus. This day is coming. And so the Spirit of God comes upon us to preach the gospel to them. Look at Acts chapter 17. Verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, this is when Paul 
had encountered some atheists, some scholars in Athens. That was the seat of civilization and knowledge. And he met these people, and the Bible says there was an argument. Some of them were making mockery of what he was talking about, and the Bible says he engaged them. If you read all the way from the verse 22, or even from verse 20, he said he's bringing some strange things to their ears. But he stood his ground. Despite the mockery, just everything, he was able to stand firm and by the strength of God, made a case and presented Christ to them. And then the Bible said, he said to them, in verse 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art and man's device. Because there were many, many idols and many shrines that he saw around the place and altars. And he was telling them that God doesn't, the God we serve doesn't need to be put into any of these forms. And then he goes on to tell them that and the times of this ignorance, the ignorance of who God is, the ignorance of being in a state of not knowing who God is and being led by all kinds of philosophies, etc. He says, the time of this ignorance, God overlooked. But now, somebody shout now. No. But now, God commands all men everywhere to repent. God commands all men everywhere, including everywhere in the United Kingdom. God commands, not suggests, God commands all people everywhere to repent. Why? Why is this necessary? Why? This, I'm teaching you why the Holy Spirit came. Because we can't do this work without the strength of God. Jesus himself needed the Spirit of God to be able to save us, to go to the cross, to carry on the work, and to rise from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we are being asked to speak to others and to bring them to the saving knowledge of God, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is why. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. Hallelujah. There is a day that God will judge the world in righteousness. He will judge the world in righteousness by a man. By the man whom he has ordained. And this is the sign. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Hallelujah. I said he raised him from the dead. He raised him from the dead. Jesus is still alive. And that is why this message must go to every part of the world. We must be very, very aggressive in preaching the gospel. Because he has appointed a day. For me, that scripture speaks a lot. He has appointed a day in which he will judge the whole world. He has appointed a day in which he will judge the whole world in righteousness. So that friend of yours, that neighbor of yours, that cousin of yours, that family member of yours who is not born again, who is not righteous in the sight of God. We are only made righteous after we are born again. Because Christ's finished work is credited to us as righteousness. It says he will judge the world in righteousness. Do you know anyone who is not born again? May we love them to the point of telling them the truth. 
you must be born again, my brother. You must be born again, my sister. You must be saved. But you need the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. He has ordained, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. By raising him from the dead. The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. And when the Spirit of God comes upon us, may we walk in the reality of this revelation. Anointing to preach the gospel. Don't fall down because the anointing came. After you fell and you rise from falling, you must be a changed person. Otherwise, it was just mere gymnastics. Because if the Spirit of God is upon you, there must be a change. And when it came to this assignment, we saw that Peter was an example of a change. When it came to witnessing to people, the Bible said Peter became timid. Please come with me to Matthew 26. Of the five things, I'm just dwelling on one for now. The Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. May you preach under anointing. In Jesus' name. May you share your faith with people under anointing. May you do that fearlessly and shamelessly. Paul alone stood at Mark's Hill in Athens and addressed Stoics and Epicureans, philosophers, people that you wouldn't dare want to speak to, but if you speak to them under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself will witness through you. No academic degree should put fear in you. Should make you be scared to bring the gospel. The Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. The Bible says because they did not retain God in their mind, God gave them over to reprobate minds, to do things that are not right. Academic knowledge without the fear of God is foolishness. everything that they do is foolish as far as God is concerned. Amen. It's a strong statement but it's true. Otherwise you don't legislate certain things in the name of advancement and civilization. Glory to Jesus. Matthew 26 verse 69 75 Matthew 26. The Bible says that before the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, we see him here giving an opportunity on three occasions to speak about Jesus Christ. To say that he knows Jesus Christ. Three occasions. And fear gripped him. He lacked the boldness to defend that he is with Jesus. And the Bible says in verse 69, Peter sat outside in the palace. This was after Jesus had been arrested and was being put on trial that night. 
Peter was determined to follow, but he was not ready to defend Jesus. And some of us are like Peter. We like to come to church. But when we meet that guy at the corner to speak about Jesus, then it's like we didn't know Jesus. We like to follow Jesus from afar, but we are not ready to engage anyone to say we are Christians. Even in the workplace, we are ashamed to say that we are Christians. Because we don't want people to call you bigot. It is a term of the enemy to silence believers. I've always been asking who is a bigot? Because the person calling you is a, a bigot is also a bigot. Because it's, it's not allowing you to actually say your side of you, what you believe. We have all kinds of things in society now where a particular lifestyle is being forced on everybody. And when you say, I don't agree with this, they say you're a bigot. But those people too are also bigots. Because they are also holding on to a position that they are not ready to listen to the other side. Don't let that statement stop you from witnessing about Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. We are not bigots. We believe in the truth of the word of God. Amen. Some people are protesting in Birmingham or Manchester about what can be taught their children or not. They are being called bigots. But we haven't seen any lesson on straightness. Since when did they teach any child about straightness? But they are ready to teach the other one. And when parents who have their own children protest, they say, why? They are bigots. And this may be a case. If that's not the case, invite them to the classroom and let them see how the lesson is taught. Then they can be satisfied. It's simple. But they shouldn't have any problems. But nothing should stop you from preaching the love of Jesus Christ. We may disagree with the lifestyle, but we are not calling for arms to kill these people. We can show them the love of God. We can point them to what, how God views them and how God can still save. Hallelujah. But everybody must be allowed to speak. Amen. Nobody should be silenced. Because when you silence people, it builds up anger. And that's why the thing is not disappearing from the streets. Because you can use the media to silence whoever made the call. But when the people became angry, they will attack those people when they see them. Let the debate flow so that by debate, you can punch holes in whatever view anybody is holding. But the moment you shut them down and start calling them names, anger will build up. They will no longer call the radio station or the TV station and you erroneously believe that the vast majority of British people believe this lifestyle until you get to the streets. You realize the thing has gone too far. You have only created a silent majority. But let there be believers who will preach the truth out of love in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Peter was given an opportunity. And you see, the Bible says, if you read earlier, the Bible says, and Peter followed from afar. Don't follow Jesus from afar, follow very close. Amen. And wherever we get to, we must be able to articulate our faith without fear. 
And like Peter, he was giving an opportunity. But this was before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, before being totally filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest court. Now let's move quickly to, um, to the verse 69. And a young girl came to him and said to him, You were also with Jesus of Galilee. You were with him. Peter, you were with him. You were with Jesus of Galilee. And the Bible said, Peter denied before the people and says, I don't know what you are talking about. What are you talking about? The Jesus and the Galilee you are talking about, I don't know about it at all. May you not know deny Jesus at work. In Jesus' name. At school, among your classmates, let them know that you are a Christian. And begin to talk to them about the coming judgment. Amen. It's not fun. This thing is real. The people die, they don't come back again. It's fine. He denied before them all saying, I don't know what you are talking about. And the Bible said, and when he was gone out into the porch, so he was sitting in the courtyard outside. Somebody comes and say, you are with Jesus. Are you not a Christian? Oh, no, no, no. no I'm not. I visit one of them. Because you don't want to be called names. You must be ready to be ridiculed for the name of the Lord. And may the Holy Spirit give you that confidence, that boldness, and that inspiration. And you must desire it in Jesus' name. And the Bible says that he denied before them, I don't know what you're saying, verse 71. And when he came out into the porch, another maid, another girl, saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Now the thing is coming here. Then they said, you were with the man that was from Galilee. He said, I don't know. Said, Specifically now, it's Nazareth. And what it is, the Bible says that Peter, next verse, but again, he denied with an oath. This one is not, I don't know him. But this one, he called on some cause. As some of you do sometimes. You swear by your father's toe in the grave. He denied with an oath and said, I don't know the man. Do you know the man? Do you know Jesus? When you are confronted with that question, whether you are looking for a job or not, and they put that question to you, would you be able to stand firm on your faith or for the fact for the fact that you need a job and to please men? So it doesn't matter. Here, yeah, all things are allowed. You must be bold to defend your faith in Jesus' name. You must be a Christian. You must speak on your faith. Speak to someone to be saved. As we prepare for church level outreach in July, let everyone come around and let's be engaged in this work. As we prepare with all our groups, two groups have already gone. You know every member of this church, you belong to a group. Amen? And every week, one of these groups is going out to do this one. 
to honor the word of the Lord. May you participate in it too. Don't deny your participation of Christ. Hallelujah. Don't deny that you don't know the man. And you only sneak in here on Sunday morning quietly. But as soon as you leave this place, you don't know the man. So let's wear a t-shirt that says, I'm sold out for Jesus. No, 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 no. I covered it with the blood. I don't like anyone to see. I don't want my neighbors to know. But your neighbors don't care. They will let you know who they are. When you meet your friends, they change the subjects. They can talk about anything from football to foolish things. And you entertain it. And you have the life, the truth, and the way. And you are not detecting the conversation at all. You are denying Jesus. Peter was then not filled with the Holy Spirit. We can forgive him here. But you are now filled with the Spirit. He denied with an oath. First one he denied. Second one he denied with an oath. Third one. Bible says that. And after that, 73, after a while, they came unto him and said to him, those who stood by, said to Peter, surely you are one of them. For your speech even betrays you. In other words, your accent is betraying you. That clearly you are from Galilee. The accent. Every country, when you speak, you know where you're from. Isn't it? Even the UK, when you speak, you know this one is from Liverpool. This one is Manchester. And it's like here in Tosh. Tosh. You know, these are the Manchester people. I think most of them colonized those from Nigeria. <laughs> Those those from London, England, uh, London and England. Yeah, those are the ones that came to Ghana. <laughs> and came to try to Jesus. I won't tell you those who went to <laughs> a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you are one of them. For your speech, your accent betrays you. When you speak in Israel, we know that you come from the northern part. We know that you come from Nazareth. For those in the south, those in Judea, those in Jerusalem, when they speak, they carry a different accent. So you are one of them. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, Uncle Peter, he began to curse and to swear. See, there, there are graduations in his denials. First, it was a simple, I don't know you. That was outside the court. Then, in the porch, he vowed without oath. Then, he now, when they further pushed him down, even your speech, your accent is showing that you are with the man. Now, he moves on. To invoke covenants and all this. And to curse and to swear. I don't know the man. And there is an excavation. Madame is shouting now. And immediately a rooster crowed. The Bible said, Jesus. Peter remembered the words of Jesus who said to him, Before the rooster crows, you would have denied me three times. There is no rooster in the United Kingdom that crows. But anytime a question is posed, may you not deny Jesus. Amen. Don't deny him three times. Don't deny him even once. Jesus said that anyone 
that refuses to acknowledge me before men, I will also refuse to acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Anyone who is ashamed of me and my words, don't be ashamed of the word of Christ. Amen. You don't have to wait for another to ask you. You must already declare it. If you want to sit on the bus, speak to someone. This thing, there is an emergency. There is an emergency. Someone you meet today might die tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. It is by the message of God. And may you not be held liable by God. In Ezekiel, he said, I will hold you responsible if you fail to warn the sinner of his ways. His blood will be found in your hands. Free yourself from the blood of people by sharing Christ with them. You don't need to know too much. How did you get saved? Hallelujah. I shared it. Glory be to Jesus. Apollos, if you read about Apollos in the Bible, he's a very exciting guy. The pastor, he preached with confidence. He preaches in the market square. He preaches with power. Confident. And the pastor, he didn't know anything. Only the baptism of God. That's all that he knew. He was preaching until Aquila and Priscilla saw him preaching. And the pastor, they called him aside later on. And they taught him more stuff. But he didn't allow the lack of more stuff to prevent him from speaking what he knew. You've been coming to church. The message is available. Listen to them and preach the same thing. Glory be to Jesus. And Peter remembered. So he went out and wept bitterly. Don't miss the opportunity and go and cry in your bedroom. Ah, I should have prayed to this guy. Charles! When you get people calling, one of them will be a wife for you. It's a blessing for evangelism. Some of your wives and husbands, they are over there. God will send an angel from heaven to marry you. Obey the word of God. Souls will come in. And one of them will be your own. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Amen. He went out and wept. May the Lord help us. In Jesus' name. That the Spirit of God will come upon you. And that you will be a living witness. In the mighty name of Jesus. That you will be a living witness. That's why the Holy Spirit came. That's why the Holy Spirit came. That's why the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and it marked the birth of the church. It is the beginning of the missions of the church. The Spirit of God is the one that speaks God's love and faith and truth through the mouth of saved people to the ears of unsaved people. May you become the agency through whom God will turn someone's life around. You don't need a degree in theology. You just need to be a witness. Afford yourself. Avail yourself. And God will use you. But there is time running out. I sense in the spirit. Time is running out. And it's time for believers to rise as believers. For God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him will not perish. But will have everlasting life. Do we want our friends to have everlasting life? If we can be friends here on earth, why can't we be friends after we leave this earth? And when we will spend time together in heaven, it's important. 
because you've been there forever and ever. Hell and heaven has only one name. There is no return in many of them. There's no if you pass to hell, you are finished. You are not coming back. There's no, there's no time for waiting and all those. There's no second chance after we cross this place. But God is looking out to you. The Bible says there's great joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. May you be the reason why there's joy in heaven. And may your life be preserved in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May you serve God. I don't know, but I feel in my spirit that we need some people who we want to serve. I want to serve God. I want to serve God in this area. When you serve God in this area, your life is spent. There are blessings. Fill this house this morning. You have said, some people have been saying, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we keep his commandments? And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. What profit is it if we serve the Lord? What is the profit? What do we get? Is it not a waste of our time? No, 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 no. Look at God. He says, and now we call the proud happy. Here they that work wickedness are set up. Here they that tempt God are even delivered. And they can see, they kept on saying that. What is the profit? Because even those who don't go to church, we see that they are wealthy. Countries that don't serve God, that don't know Jesus, don't they have wealth? Because that wealth, go and check whether they have bought joy. Hallelujah. Have you seen rich people who don't have time to sleep? They have sleepless nights. They don't enjoy sleep. They are always scared that they will lose their property. They are afraid of thieves. True peace and wealth comes from Christ. Hallelujah. They say it is useless to serve God. What profit is it? Now we have kept this commandment. There is profit. Amen. And don't look at other people who are not saved and use them as a yastic. You don't understand what you do. They themselves are going through struggles. What you think is wealth is not wealth. Hallelujah. Sometimes the one who doesn't have anything but has Christ, has peace, and has joy. That's why sometimes when you are singing, they say you are happy. There are people who are rich and there's no peace. No peace. Everything is going gray wall and wild. And sometimes they even envy you, but you don't know. May you be said properly. The Bible says, verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spoke often one to another, 
And the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. A book of remembrance is written for those that fear the Lord and think about his name. And the Bible says, the Lord said, they shall be mine. Hallelujah. They shall be mine. I want to be described as being owned by God. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day, I will make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Hallelujah. His own sons who spares him, who serves him. He will spare them. God says, I will spare them. God will spare your life when you become a champion of his cause on earth. When evil is determined against an area, for your sake, you have to be spared because you matter to the kingdom. He said, you will be a jewel of God. In Zechariah says, you are the apple of my eyes. Anyone that touches you has touched almighty God. They shall be mine, says the Lord. I will make them my jewels. I will spare them. As a man spares his own son who saves him. Praise God. Hallelujah. May God spare you. May God spare your life from destruction. In Jesus' name, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Somebody lift your hand and receive the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, and begin to pray the Lord, I desire your spirit. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. This morning, I pray the Lord God Almighty, let your spirit come upon me in a new way, in a new dimension, that I will share your word, that I will preach your word, that I will talk to others about you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 447376355621 on the web www.christchurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International. Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.